And I'm going to go to the book of John, chapter 5, verse number 1. And um, there's a story there. My father used to always tell a story, a famous story that, you know, um, of a burning building. This was some type of temple that, uh, that you know, people worshipped idols in the, in the temple. And the building caught on fire. And when the building caught on fire, there was a lady that ran in because she had to save her gods. She didn't want her gods to burn up. So she grabbed all of her temple gods and she was running out, rescuing them from the fire. And somebody walked up to her and said, what is that you're carrying? She said, these are my gods. I have to save them because I don't want the fire to burn them. And, um, and, and uh, the person walked away thinking to themselves, I'm so grateful that I got a God who saves me from the fire and I don't have to save him instead. How many of you know you got a God that is constantly working? Come on, somebody. He's constantly working. There's a saying that I love to say. Sometimes when you're so focused on your problem that you, you, you think, God, you're not doing anything. But I want you to know when you think God isn't doing the one thing that you would like him to do, God is doing a million things that you don't see. And God is a sustainer. He's a keeper. He's a, he's a, uh, do I have a witness to that? That, God, that you found out later on what God was doing when you didn't see him working. You found out that he was doing stuff in your life. And, uh, uh, you know, my, the sermon that I was going to preach today, if I had a lot of time, was going to be the God that works. The God that works. And when you think about that, the Bible says in six days God created the world. And on the seventh day, he did what? He rested. And I thought about that. I said, how could a God uh, 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 ever rest? Because rest is something that we all need. Amen. And we rest because we get tired and weary and frustrated and all these other stuff. And so we, we take vacations. We, we, we go home and sleep. Some of us sleep a little too long, but uh, 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 we, 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 we want to rest. We, 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 we are fighting on the job. We are fighting in the marriage. We are fighting in the, for the family. We are fighting with all these thoughts and all these ideas that sometimes you get emotionally tired. You get uh, 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 mentally tired. You get physically tired, and you want to rest. But uh, uh, God took a rest on the seventh day, but I want you to know that we serve a God who never gets tired. He's never weary. He's never, he's never frustrated. He's never anxious. And so, so when you look at that, you wonder why did God rest? But when you examine the word, the word is not saying that he rests as in you and I, we need a rest. But he rests as in cease from creating. But I want you to know that God has never stopped working. The Bible says he's, he's, he, in him, he sustains all of us. He keeps us together. And I want you to know right now that whatever problems you might be facing, that there's a God who is still working, even though you see it or might not see it. He is working on behalf of every person in this room. And I just want to take a minute to give God praise because there was times that I felt that God wasn't moving fast enough. He might not have been moving fast enough for me, but he was moving on the right time. Hallelujah. I, there were times I was frustrated because it looked like there was a roadblock. But I, I, I look back now and saw that what was a roadblock was actually God's protection from a door that I was never meant to walk through. 
The God I serve is always doing something even when my mind doesn't comprehend it. And I want you to know we serve a God who is constantly at work in the lives of his children. Which brings me to this scripture here. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 5 verse 1 that sometime later Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there in Jerusalem near the sheep gate a pool right which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades and here a great number of disabled people used to lie the blind the lame and the paralyzed one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years somebody say that's a long time 38 years dealing with the same problem. No, I wonder if anybody in this room has been dealing with something for a long time. And watch this. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, look at the question. Do you want to get well? That's a good question. Because not because you're in a condition for a long time means you want to get out. Some of you might be in it so long that you're used to it and it's all you know. And Jesus asked him, do you want to get out? Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me get in the pool when the water is stirred while I'm trying to get in. Someone else goes down ahead of me. Right? And watch this, y'all. Here's my first point to you. And I want you to think about this. This man is by, he's lying there, and the concept was that when the stirring of this pool occurred, whoever first got into it was going to be made whole. And so the goal was to get to the pool because the pool seemed to provide healing. And he is trying to get to the pool and Jesus comes to him and says, do you want to get well? He says, it's not a, 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 a choice of if I want to get well, it's I don't have anybody to get me to the pool for healing. But the problem is he's talking to the healer, but he's still looking at the pool for And that's American Christianity for you. Many of us are like this man because we think that the success that America promises or the goals we have is actually where we want to go for our life to be made whole. And oftentimes we see the end destination as the healing and Jesus is just the vehicle to get us there. But I want you to know today, here's my first point, Jesus is not the vehicle, he is the destination come on somebody because there ain't a pool or a place you will go to that will ever give you what Jesus can't he is the prince of peace he is the healer he is the hope he is the restorer of me I want you to know today my marriage is where it is for 22 years because of one reason Jesus has kept us together you said how has he done that has he worked some some type of magical and mysterious no it's just living out his word it is working on ourselves it 
is, it is taking his word and applying it to ourselves to make ourselves better. And when you apply God's word to your life, you become changed. You become transformed. You become, oh, y'all ain't hearing me. You're not as bitter as you were before. You are not angry. You start to think that you become patient. You start to become what the Bible says. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love holds no records of wrongs. It is not easily angered. And all of these things start to come out in your life that makes me the greatest husband Sherry will ever have. And the only one. Come on, somebody in this building. It makes you a good financial steward because you begin to realize that, 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 that nothing I ever possess, I ever own. I want you to know that money will go. Somebody will take all that money when you go. So you might as well help me get a building. Y'all hear what I'm saying in this place? It helps you become a better financial steward. It helps you think different. It helps you become a better father. When you, Jesus is the destination and let me, that's how the joy comes because it's not the stuff that I have that makes me happy. I promise you, I love this kayak. I'm probably going to be on one day with this kayak saying, man, I love, I want a kayak and I got one. But there's going to be something on my mind and I'll be in that water like, maybe I should jump in the water. Because it's not stuff that makes you happy. It's your mind. It's your mind. And this can only be renewed by the power of the gospel. And so I want you to know, don't ever look at the things you're chasing. Yes, chase them. Try to get your goals in life. But don't you ever put stock that if I get to these goals, this is where my whole life will come together. Your whole life will come together if you stop looking at the pool and start wondering who's talking to me. Y'all hearing me in this building today. And so, so that was the first thing. I want you to also know, here's my second point. Ignorance is expensive. Tell your neighbor, ignorance is expensive. You pay for what you don't know. Hallelujah. I always, this, I got a simple way to prove that. Go ahead and speed. Let the cop pull you over. And when he pulls you over, tell him, I didn't know. You know what he's going to say? Stay right here, sir. I'll be right back. You know what he's coming back with. And when he gives you that ticket, you're not knowing doesn't mean you still won't have to pay. Because here's the point. As long as you were given a license, it was your job to know. And as long as you live on this planet, it is your job to educate yourself in many areas. It is your, when you don't educate yourself on marriage, educate yourself on money, educate yourself on things, and you are paying a price for it, ignorance is expensive. A lot of people are in debt not because they don't have money, it's because they're ignorant to how money works. A lot of people's marriage is going bad, not because uh, they got a bad spouse, it's because you're ignorant to what marriage is. What am I talking to in this house? I'm trying to rush through this. Ignorance is expensive. You will always pay for what you don't know. You will suffer and answers are right next to you. In the abundance of water, the fool is thirsty. And this man is talking to a healer and can't get healed because he doesn't know who he's talking to. And when you don't know, It'll keep you on the mat. Here's my point. Here's my next point. Your surroundings dictates your thinking. 
For 38 years, he was lying there, and all he ever known was sickness, and I got to get to the pool. For 38 years, he thought one way. Your surroundings and your environment and the things that happen to you, they force you to think a certain way. And if you're ever going to change, you got to ask God to help you change the way you think. Because all he could think about in his mind, the only way to get success was the pool. He never thought that there might be another way that God could make available to him. And I don't know what has happened in your life. In this room, because you might have been abused as a young person, there's only one way you think. There's people in this room who will never come out of victim mentality because... You're stuck in what has happened to you. I want you to know that you can go from what has happened to you to what God wants to happen for you. Amen. There's people in this room who will never, ever improve on their life because they only think one way. Let me tell you, it's all about mind control in 2022. And a lot of us will never change. And I could go deeper there, especially this month. There are people that hope you keep thinking the same way. Because as long as you keep it thinking the same way, they'll keep you in the same place. But when you decide, I am no longer going to think the way I think. I'm going to improve. I can get up from this mat and it doesn't have to be a pool alone and it doesn't have to be this way. You might start seeing that there's another way to be made whole. Watch this. Watch this y'all. Jesus asked them, do you want to change? Because change is something that must be desired. Not because you're in a situation means you want to change. It must be desired. And then Jesus heals him. Look at this. He said, Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. Let me back up a little bit. Let me back up a little bit. He says, sir, I'll go back to where he says, sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me in the pool when the water is stirred while I'm trying to get in. Someone else goes ahead of me. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. The day on which he took that that took place was on the. That was a day of. That was a day of rest. And then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. Now, Jesus didn't come to challenge the Sabbath, but he came to challenge the idea of what the Sabbath is. And sometimes Jesus ruffled your feathers of how you thought. Some of us grew up in church and we think we know everything about the scripture. And then life happens and God challenges everything you know. Come on, somebody. And so he challenged them because he healed a man on the Sabbath. 
Now watch this. Instead of the Pharisees rejoicing, listen to this point. Some people will use religion and traditions to keep you on the mat rather than rejoice that you got up. Rather than rejoice that this man has been made whole, they looked at religion and say, you can't be made whole un unless we determine that you are made whole. And I want you to know that's the God we serve. When he gets ready to deliver and set free, he doesn't need anybody's permission. He doesn't need you nor I's permission. He's going to do whatever it is that he wants to do. And so some people will use religion and tradition. And these men said that you can't get up from this mat because it is not the right way. And I want you to know today that God will heal and deliver and set free whomever he wants. But when that happens, not everybody will be rejoicing that you got up. Some people will be mad that you got up from where you... Not, not everybody rejoices for your success. I am well aware that there's not everybody that might be rejoicing that I got a church that appreciated me this well today. There might even be a, a person in the room. If this was God, they wouldn't celebrate a man so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not everybody's happy when you become changed. Not everybody's happy when you become successful. But I'm here to tell anybody in this room who's a dreamer. Don't you worry about anybody else's thoughts. People will always have thoughts. Tell them pick a number. You keep allowing God to do what he wants to in your life. And never apologize for what God is doing in your life. If he wants to bless you, shout it from the mountaintop. Look at what God has done in my life people will say oh listen they even try to do this to Jesus they try to the Bible I was telling my wife this this, this story rocked me this week when the Bible says he went back to his own hometown and when he went back to his own hometown he went into the synagogue and begun to teach and the Bible says they were amazed at his wisdom but they said isn't this Mary's boy isn't this the brother of James? Isn't this the carpenter? They couldn't understand how somebody who started where they are is now here. In other words, we can only see you as what we want you to be. And the Bible starts by saying that they were amazed at his wisdom. But then it ended by saying, and Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. And he did nothing there except a few miracles. And what I've learned is something very dear. I've, we always want signs and we say, God, if you did a miracle, it would increase my faith. But I have learned that miracles never produce faith. I'm going to say that again slowly. Some of you are waiting on a miracle to believe, but miracles never produce faith. I have studied the word, and what I've discovered is that faith, hallelujah, produces. And that's why the Bible says if you come to him, you must first believe that he is. And I want you to know we serve a God who is able to do miracles in your life. He's able to do. I wonder if I got some people in this room that got faith. 
That type of faith where the lady touched the hem of his garment and stopped him. That type of faith that caused Jairus' daughter to be to live again. Uh, you don't you you might say, I don't got nothing, nobody dead in my life. That might be true, but if your marriage is on the verge of dying, there's a God who can bring life back to you. Who am I talking to in this house? There's a God that can bring life back to your zeal, your 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 reason, your passion, and when he brings it back to life don't you apologize to anybody hallelujah my sister Khadijah said since your birthday you've been going going strong pastor yes because I'm top five dead or alive <laughs> let y'all know I remember my young days touring and traveling the world I've seen so many cities I've preached to so many people so the turn of the year God begun to knock on my door and said if you want change, you got to desire it. Because change just doesn't drop into your So when Jesus asked him, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to get well? My, his answer is, yes, I want to. I just don't know how. And Jesus cured him. Hallelujah. And when you want to be made whole, God will come into your life. And so God had me. People came to me saying, what gym you go to? I said, I don't go to gym. Hadassah, don't believe me. I told this a little lady I found on YouTube. And every day I'm in the house exercising with her, working out. I'm doing, and I started changing my eating habits. I wanted to live right. And since May to now, I've been on stages. Hallelujah. I've been, come on, somebody. I got my life back. And, 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 and so the, 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 hey, don't be laughing so loud. And, and so the point is this. When you want change, you got to desire it. And when God begins to elevate you, not everybody's happy about that. Not everybody's happy about that, but don't you ever apologize for what he's doing in your life. Here's another point that I didn't have up there. I'm almost done. The miracles are never really for you. This man run around thinking about, oh man, Jesus done healed me today. And he's carrying the mat. Why did Jesus tell him carry the mat? I mean, I could preach a whole, I could preach six messages right there. Number one, the mat is what he got up off of. Why would Jesus want him to carry the thing that he was bounded to? Because the thing he was bounded to was what had him on the ground. But now that God gave him legs, he was lifting the thing that had him bounded. Some of your, your bitterness is carrying you, but God wants you to handle your bitterness. <laughs> Overcome. And, 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 and so, so, so he's, I could go a million ways with that, but he tells him to carry the mat knowing that that's labeled work. He never told him to carry all the other messages I could preach would be just nice messages that we could do on TV. But the real theological reason is because he wanted them to see him carrying it. And let me tell you, the man could have simply said, nah, I'm cool with the healing. I don't need that mat no more. We good. We appreciate you. <laughs> but I love people who are not just into God for healing, but become obedient to him. 
Some of us, when we get a healing, we... The lifestyle don't match up with the healing we claim. Don't tell me I don't know, God. I know. When I was in... Don't tell me I don't know, God. You in the club. God is good to all of we. Y'all in the club drinking, puffing, trying to dance on something. And soon as I am blessed. Come on. Yeah. Yes, every day I'm a... That's a lie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Blessings is not a hot song. Blessings is a state of being. If you ain't in Christ, you ain't blessed. You might have stuff, but you ain't blessed. The blessings of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow. Oh, I know my time is gone, but it's pastor's appreciation day. I'm going to pull the card. I'm going to pull that card today. You can't run home today. Hallelujah. You got to let me preach today. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. This man, he told him, carry the mat on purpose so that the Pharisees would see it. And they begun to see this. And instead of saying, how for 38 years we known you to be one way and now you're healed. They said, why are you doing this? The man said, the man who healed me told me to carry it. And that's Jesus' point. He wants when you get your miracles to shout it as loud as you can. Come on, somebody. Go home and next time you get ready to post and you think I got to post a selfie, post what God has done for you. That's about a hundred and something posts that would go up today glorifying God. And so the man said, tell them that the man who healed you is the one that told me to do this. So look at this. The man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is the fellow who told you to pick up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was. For Jesus had slipped away in the crowd. Says, Jesus is on some. <laughs> Jesus shows up. Heal him. Take him back. There's something else going on here. He's trying to make a point that's bigger. Isn't, isn't that beautiful? He's trying to make a bigger point. So he said, the Bible says he slipped away. And the man who was healed had no idea who he was. He slipped away in the crowd. That there was, uh, that I was there. And later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see you are well again. Uh-oh. Stop. No, making mistakes. No, that's what we call it nowadays. Stop making your, come on, what's your favorite television evangelist? God can work through the mess. And he can get, take your mess and make it a message. You know, God is the one who takes mess and gives a massage. <laughs> Jesus did not die from it for you to live in it. Yeah. Only four people clapping because when you leave, you got another pastor you're going to appreciate on TV. But this pastor will tell you that sin is still a problem. He said, 
stop sinning or something worse, something coarse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was. He went back. He could have gone. He said, hey, fellas, I know who did it. It was. No, 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 no. It was my intellect that got me out. You know, you know that you, oh, 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 who in this room is unqualified but God qualified? Who in this room was unworthy of a second but you on your fifth chance? Who in this room, hallelujah, come on somebody, who in this room was not deserving of anything but God? Hallelujah, hallelujah. It was Jesus. So, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My was happening theologically this is the Sabbath you don't mess with the Sabbath this is the day of rest and Jesus says my father is always at his work to this very day. Stop right there. He's both Jesus. God. The religion had become so big to them. That God has to rest on the Sabbath too. When your religion becomes so powerful. That you are now telling God what he can and can't do. You in trouble. And Jesus starts off by saying, the first thing you know, you must know about God is that he is always working. The Bible says in him, all things were made and nothing was made without him. All things were made by him and for him. In him, all life is being sustained all the time. God, hallelujah, flung the stars in the sky and flung our galaxy into orbit and put our planet positioned rightly to where the sun is and nobody understands why it never falls off. It stays where it stays and spins and gives a season and then and everything that we how, how many of you ever wake up and tomorrow you say into yourself, I wonder if the sun will come up. Those are things, the things that God is absolutely in charge of, you don't ever worry about. Every day you get up and you see the sun, don't you worry about a politician. The sun is a reminder of who really is in charge. Oh, who am I talking to in this place? Every day you get up and you see when you go through the fall and you drive the highway and you see the colors of the leaves changing and you remember the Bible says as long as earth remains, seed time and harvest, there's going to be seasons to everything. There's a season. You must know to yourself there's a greater power operating that man ain't big enough. 
tell you, the problem with mankind is that we want to tell God how he should operate. And God, Jesus says, the first thing about my father is that he's always working. But that ain't the line that bothered them. It's the last one. To all my brothers in the Islamic faith, to all my brothers in so many other faiths, who are, to even my Christian brothers who want to reduce Jesus down to a prophet. And you always say, you know, where in the Bible does he ever make himself equal with God? I'm going to show you right now. Because he said, my father is always, because the truth is, he's the only one who can always be working. Because he's the only one who never gets tired who never gets frustrated he is the sustainer of all things and that don't bother people to know that God this being that we don't know they like that is always working but here comes a man in the flesh who says oh and by the way the same thing you say about him I am too And that is why he told him on the Sabbath, carry the mat. They're going to know today that I ain't just no prophet. I ain't no ordinary man. I am, the, oh my gosh, who's been redeemed by the blood of the lamb in this room? Look, some of you don't believe me yet. He said, and I too am working for this reason. They tried all the more to kill him. And this is why this doesn't even leave you to come to your own interpretation. Because here's the reason. They tried the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself. The Jesus that you serve is not just, oh, you don't. I'm going to close with this. Many of us, many of us are going to stay on that mat. And all we're going to do for the rest of our life is try to get to the pool with Jesus right there. How could you? Jesus is not the vehicle. He's the destination. And practical Christianity, this is why we this is why we're losing these culture wars. This is why they I grew up in a world where one plus one is two. Now they'll tell you one plus one is whatever the teacher says it is. Now they'll tell they, they'll tell you, you look at something and they'll just tell you, no, 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 that's not the science. Nothing is no longer true no more. And this is how the enemy is getting us. Because he's telling you that what you know to be true is no longer true. And some of us, we will never experience God moving in our lives. Because our surroundings is now dictating the way we think. As long as they tell you keep going for the pool and they wave the pool in front of you and they say this is what it is, then you wonder why when I keep chasing this pool, 
It seems like every year my life becomes a little bit more paralyzed. Oh, you might not be physically paralyzed, but some people are chasing the pool, hoping that the pool will bring them a better family. But in the process of going for the pool, you lost your family. Your kids don't even know who you are. Let me tell you something. I am so grateful for the word of God. Let me just take a moment to say that right there. Y'all, I'm done. I'm done. Let me explain something to you. Anything I am or ever will be, glory be to God. But let me tell you, the peace of mind that God gives, I would not trade it. For anything this world has to offer. Let me tell you. Is my life going to have problems tomorrow? Yes. But I know who has held my hands. When I had problems yesterday. I look back and I see how crazy I was. I was wondering how the bills were going to be paid. I was wondering if God was ever, I don't know who I'm talking to. And you were wondering if those dreams you ever dreamed would ever come true. Hey, would God ever do? And I look back and I see the worries. I saw when, 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 when people said things, when, when, when it became hopeless and dark. And I don't want to go there, but some people had some dark days that the Lord brought you out. And let me tell you something. Every day with Jesus, he carries you. Every day with Jesus, hallelujah, he keeps you. Every day with Jesus becomes joyous. Sometimes you don't start off joyous. Sometimes you don't even start off knowing who he is. But as you keep walking in what he's doing in your life, eventually you meet him. Hallelujah. And he reveals who he is. Oh, gosh. And then when he reveals who he is, you can't go back to what you were. What am I talking to in this place? I'm trying to tell you, get your marriage back by putting Jesus in it. Get your fatherhood back by causing Jesus to make you a man again. Get your life back by putting his word in your life. You know how we could get our nation back or we could get this world back? By being bold about who he is. Unapologetic about who Jesus is. This man didn't even count the cost. He just took the mat and said, this is what he did for me. On this pastor's appreciation day, I have questioned sometimes if, man, so many pastors doing so many things that look sideways maybe I should do some sideways stuff too so many pastors do it in the name of building a bridge to the world but it seems like all we do is the only ones going on the bridge they ain't coming over So it blessed me today 
to hear my sister say that, Pastor, we appreciate you because you took a stance. And I know what my father went through with me. Father, I thought he was a harsh man. He would tell me, he said, son, if you live in this house, we're doing it God's way. When you get your own house, you could do it however you want. And in the faith, I, now I understand how rough that must have been for him. But I also know why it was necessary because he knew Jesus was the destination. And that whatever I would ever walk out that house to chase will never bring me what Jesus will. And if you're in this house, I want you to serve Jesus. That's how I told the youth the other day, I told them, I said, I feel like, man, I don't get any pastor who pastors and truly preaches this word will tell you that every time they leave this pulpit and they go to that car, I call it post post-pastor, what is it, postpartum past preaching. You know how women get postpartum happy? Wow. In other words, there's a, the enemy fights you. You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have. You're not. You're not. And pastor, you said it best. And I know this because you always bring them swans to the house and they always swim over but if you could look underneath they lack so much going on and one of the ways you can make a pastor feel like he's failing is when he don't see what he's preaching being lived out you don't know how much I carry any pastor who was ever pastored would tell you that when they preach and they point men to Jesus and men, I, I understand why Samuel cried so much over Saul. Because he probably felt like I'm failing. And God had to tell him it is not you. It is I who he rejects. On this day, I just want to remind you that Jesus is the God who is at work and he is your destination. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, I thank you. I thank you for your people. I thank you, God, that you are so much that we would ever need and more. Oh, God, hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you honor. I worship your name. You see people in this room, God, whatever their mat might look like, it might be divorce. It might be abuse. It might be depression, anxiety. It might be poverty. You are able. You are able to make us, Father, get off whatever has got us lying there. Might be sickness in somebody's body. 
It might be a marriage that you are frustrated with. Take heed. Take, take